Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning and welcome inside Kauffman Stadium. I am Royals insider Josh Vernier. Very happy to be back behind the microphone. Very pleased to be here at Royals Rally 2024. We're with you until 12 noon and an absolutely packed show coming your way. But I want to make sure you feel included over the course of these three hours. We're going to have guests like Alex Gordon and MJ Melendez. Michael Massey's going to swing by, Brady Singer, Hunter Renfro, Will Smith, and then, of course, the men at the top. We're going to hear from the manager, Matt Quatrero, and, of course, the general manager in J.J. Piccolo. But, yeah, I want you to get involved. If you have a question for any of those guests that are coming up, if you have a question for me, if you just want to give me your thoughts on Royals baseball here in 2024, feel free to text in. 913-586-7610. That is the J Southland Tow Service text line. 913-586-7610. But before the uh, former champions like an Alex Gordon and maybe the future champions like a Brady Singer, before they start making their way into our studio, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've sat right here, had a chance to talk about this Royals team, and a lot has happened. Now, sure. I've discussed it at times with uh, Fesco in the morning or Cody and Gold and, of course, with CDOT on the drive. But I want to talk about it with you, the people that are dialed in throughout this season, listening to the on-deck show, listening to the post-game show. And to me, uh, we all understand what the Royals have done this season, spending over $110 million, one of the most active franchises in free agency, one of the most... um, aggressive front offices? I think that would be fair to say, especially when you look at the amount of names that are still available on the free agent market. Royals accomplished a majority of their goals prior to Christmas, which leads us to where we are right now, a week away, just about a week away from pitchers and catchers reporting in Surprise, Arizona. And to me, There are three questions. I got three questions that stand out about this 2024 ball club. Three questions that stand out to me as we enter spring training. The three questions that I'm not saying we're going to have the answer by the end of spring training. But to me, these are the three questions. These are the conversations that you and I will have throughout the month of February and March and April and hopefully even through the month of May. 
Now that's something I want to get to with J.J. Piccolo. Something I want to get to with a lot of these young Royals that are yet to truly taste the nectar of victory at the big league level. Can you maintain through May? Can this team maintain through May? Now, the only way they're going to be able to do that, and what I mean by that is, well, I would like to assume that you understand, because as you know, as a diehard Royals fan, it's been difficult after the month of May. Been difficult to really dive into the team and get into the X's and O's and um, live and die with the team. Far too often over the past half decade, once the month of May is concluded, it feels to many as if the postseason chances of this franchise have ended. How can they maintain through May and make June and July fun? Fun in the sun at Kauffman Stadium, a packed house, games that mean something. We can really get into the decision-making of Matt Quattrero and J.J. Piccolo. That, that's, that's the focus, right? You spend $110 million in the offseason. I better have a fun three months. Now, I'm hoping for a fun six months, but you got to get me to at least June. So can this team maintain through the month of May? Really, that's the second biggest question because it always begins with pitching, right? It always begins with pitching. That's why this team hasn't been able to pack this place in the month of June or July without bringing back a former champion of 2015. Of course, Lil Kane's going to pack the house and uh, Moose or Haas back in the day. Those guys are going to pack the house when they come back to town. But I'm talking about the guys that are wearing royal blue this year. How are they going to bring you to Kauffman Stadium in June and July? Well, of course, it begins with pitching. How confident should we be in this pitching? Because if you want my honest opinion, as I'm sitting down over the course of this week getting ready for today, getting ready for this show, There's a part of me that truly believes the biggest question centers around the offense. And I can't remember the last time that was the case, or I even thought about anything other than pitching at this point of the season. I would say you got to go back to 2014. So it's been almost a decade of, before I go any further, it's, it's not as if the Royals are the only team where the number one focus year in and year out is, is our pitching good enough? Pitching is the currency of the sport. You're not going anywhere without top-notch pitching. But there is, in my opinion, enough veteran leadership. There are, I'll put it this way. There are, in my opinion, enough constants in this pitching staff enough constants on this pitching staff that I feel that your rotation with the addition of Seth Lugo, the addition of Michael Waka, uh, the breakout campaign in the second half last season by Cole Reagans, the professionalism of Jordan Lyles, the return of Daniel Lynch, and of course, Brady Singer. To me, there's enough in that rotation where, and, and, I, and I obviously hope I don't regret this, But I don't think this pitching is what's going to sink the ship in April and May like it has so often over the past half decade. So, yeah, yeah, and we'll discuss this when J.J. Piccolo swings by with the manager, Matt Quattrero, joins the show. I really think 
the main question, the thing that I'm unsure of, the thing that could sink this ship in 2024 is a question of, are there four reliable bats? Are there four constants in that lineup? Now, maybe you disagree, and you can let me know on the text line, 913-586-7610. Maybe you're not sold on Lugo, Waka, Reagan, Singer, Lyles, Lynch. That one through... And when was the last time we were a week out from spring training and we felt as if the top six in the rotation was set? Top six? Guys, that's a great place to be in it. And I'm I'm not saying that it's the best rotation in the American League. I'm not saying that they're going toe-to-toe with the Yankees or the Orioles when it comes to the starting pitching. No, not at all. But the team lost 106 games last season. I just want you to stay in the fight until we get to the summer months. So yeah, yeah, yeah. When I look at six guys that I feel all of them could give me a 120-plus innings, now, of course, you, you, you want Waka to give you more and Lugo to give you more and Reagans and Singers, sure. But I have six arms. This team has six arms that I believe can give you triple-digit innings. League average triple-digit innings, hopefully. So, again, does this team have four reliable bats? Because if the answer is yes, if you have a rotation that's going to keep you in the fight, not, not, not saying that the rotation's going to say, get on my back. I'm leading us to victory night in and night out. I'm not saying there's the James Shields or the Edinson Volquez. But here, here they're, they're not going to take you out of the fight. The question is, do you have those four bats? The bats where every night when you show up to Kauffman Stadium, you know you're going to get that uh, quality plate appearance. You know you're going to get that... Home to first, first to third. You're going to get that quality, well-rounded offensive output from four guys. And then, of course, you'll have uh, this guy, that guy, uh, a few others that are going to contribute. Of course, I'm t- you guys remember the championship season. There were four guys that every day you knew that Morales, that Hosmer, that Locaine. Really, th- let's say it's three. You-, you knew those three were going to show up on a nightly basis. You knew the kind of effort, the kind of production that you were going to get on a nightly basis. So does this team have four reliable bats? That's the question. 913-586-7610. To me, Bobby Witt question. We know Bobby Witt Jr., yes. It's crazy to say that in his third full season, he's already a reliable bat. But yeah, Bobby, Vinny, Salvi, Michael Garcia, Hunter Renfro, these are the questions coming into the season. There's three of them. How confident should we be in the pitching? You know how I feel. And that's why I'm asking, because I'm, 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 I'm as confident in the pitching staff as I've been in almost a decade in Kansas City. Not, not, that, not that it's going to lead the division, but it's going to keep you in the fight into the summer months. Can this team maintain through May? And are there four reliable bats? Those are the three biggest questions as we sit one week away from Royal Spring Training 2024 in Surprise, Arizona. To get you ready, we're live from the K at Royals Rally. Uh, Coming up, we're going to hear from Will Smith, Hunter Renfro, the manager, the general manager, the second baseman in Michael Massey, the starter in Brady Singer, 
and the future Royals Hall of Famer Alex Gordon. All of that coming up next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back inside Kauffman Stadium Royals Rally 2024. I'm Josh Vernier. Pleased to be with you. Now, now listen, Texline, I'm not saying that there's more star power in the rotation than there is in the lineup. Bobby Witt Jr. is one of the 20, 20 best, eh, 15 best position players in the world right now. So, so listen, I feel more confident that you have three reliable arms in the rotation than you have three reliable bats in the offense. Now, I would prefer that. If you come to me a few months ago and say, Vern, I'll give you four reliable bats or three reliable arms in the rotation, of course I'm going to take the latter. Yeah, Lugo, Waka, and the Singer-Reagans duo. That, to me, is, is three reliable arms that are going to hopefully... Now, the bullpen, of, of course you need a strong bullpen. We all understand that. Uh, but it begins with the rotation. It begins with the offense. J.J. Piccolo in this front office, they can tinker with the bullpen. They can massage the roster throughout the season. and You never know who's going to break out. I mean, Alec Marsh, and we talked about it a lot last season. Yes, he's still a starting pitcher, but that dude could be a stud coming out of the bullpen, not to mention the Stratton signing, the Will Smith signing, uh, to name a few. The, uh, MacArthur's still out there. McMillan's going to be coming back. No, you, you got some dudes out in that bullpen. That, that's why I'm focused on the rotation. If these guys can hold it down, setting the stage for those four reliable bats, yeah, man, uh, not only should June be fun, but July should be a lot of fun at Kauffman Stadium as well. Um, and, and, and again, I'm not saying that I'm down on this offense, not whatsoever. Again, Bobby Witt Jr., it's crazy to say, but he is clearly uh, a constant uh, at such a young age. It's crazy how he already, he already feels like a certainty. And of course, we'll, we'll, we'll talk contract with J.J. Piccolo. We'll talk Bobby Witt Jr. contract. You know, 13 years, $350 million. How does that sound? Six years, $125 million. What do you think about that? We'll throw that at J.J. Piccolo coming up. Vinny Pasquantino, I think, takes that number two spot right now as far as reliable bats. And I know he's coming off of the 
uh, surgery. And, and, and I know I second half of last season, I was concerned of what kind of effect that surgery, that shoulder was going to have on him in 2024. But the more you talk to people around Major League Baseball, they say what made Vinny great or what makes Vinny special wasn't physical per se. Right, the strike zone awareness, uh, the quality of his plate appearances. The more people I speak with, the more they tell me that stuff isn't going to fade um, following a shoulder surgery. So, yeah, you you feel as if Vinny is a reliable bat. Salvi's got to be one. Now, I'm not saying I'm confident that he will be. But he has to, and he knows it. You've seen the work that he's putting in this offseason. You know, as you've listened to this show long enough, you know what's driving him. His teammates, his family, winning, of course. But there's also that voice in his head that's calling Cooperstown. If Salvi's going to make the Hall of Fame, he needs to put together another five solid, solid offensive seasons. The team's going to help this year. No doubt you're going to see him more at DH, see him at first base occasionally. So those are the top three, right? We all agree. Bobby, Vinny, Salvi. We can talk Michael Garcia. I can't wait to see Michael Garcia this season. Can't wait to see what he's proven to himself over the course of this, over these past 12 months. Not only getting it done at the big league level like he did this year, playing third base, but also a championship in the Venezuelan League, becoming a real confident Alpha ball player. Can't wait to see what Michael Garcia does in 2024. Wouldn't be shocked if he's that fourth reliable bat. And of course, would not be surprised if Hunter Renfro is that fourth reliable bat. I mean, the guy that we saw in Milwaukee back in 2022, the guy we saw in Boston the year before that, uh, an 800 OPS. Yeah, that, that, that would work perfectly. Hunter Renfro, one of a few big name free agents that the Royals brought in this offseason, including Will Smith. Uh, former Royals lefty, went on to win a World Series with uh, Houston last year with Texas, the year before that, uh, won it with Atlanta, three World Series titles for Will Smith. And I had a chance to talk with him earlier this week, and it's clear why the Royals would want Will Smith. Right? 60, uh, 60 games out of the bullpen. In each of the last three seasons, he's pitched in big games and big moments. He's a strike thrower. He's not backing down from anyone. I mean, the numbers explain why you want a big horse lefty coming out of your bullpen. But there's got to be something more to it. Everyone can see the numbers, but for those general managers in Houston, Atlanta, Texas, San Francisco back in the day. I mean, some of the best GMs in Major League Baseball have gone out and said, I want that guy. I want that guy in my bullpen. I want that guy in my clubhouse. We need that guy to win a championship. So what is it, Will? What is it about you? What do you bring to a clubhouse that has made these managers and these general managers say, that's the guy we need? I don't know. A a good time. Uh, You know, I like to... I like to goof off. I like to have fun when it's time to have fun. There's always, there's something about when the phone rings, you know, it's time to go to work. It's time to, it's time to get it going. But, you know, we're there seven months out of the year. We see these people almost more than we see our families. Why not have a little fun with it? And I feel lucky enough that some of the veterans I had coming up kind of taught me that my, 
the first guy that got a hold of me was Bruce Chin when I was in Kansas City, and he is like a notorious prankster and goofing off all the time. And I just kind—that's just kind of what I saw when I got up. And you know, I enjoy—I enjoy being a part of a team and and you know, tough love, all that kind of stuff. I think it—I think it works. That's pretty unique because because I've seen quite a few young arms, young position players where. Man, I, I'm just trying to stick around here. I'm, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to have fun. So, so yeah. to come into a clubhouse right away and then to to let you know, hey, we're we're still, you got to get the job done, obviously, but we're still playing baseball here. Yeah, that's that's obviously changed. I mean, it used to be super old school where, you know, you got to sit in your locker all day if you're a rookie. You know, you got to do rookie things. You can't sit on the couches. You just kind of. You're worried about so many other things other than the game. Um, so I don't know if that makes the game easier, but I just try to keep a little bit. I mean, I'll let rookies sit on the couch, but if I see you there the first time, like I'm going to bust you up a little bit, just goofing off, see how you take it. Um, I've always been a big believer. If they're not picking on you, then they probably don't like you. So if you're getting picked on, that means guys like you. They like to see how you react. And, you know, if you, you get all bent out of shape about it, it just makes you want to do it more. But if you take it and wear it, you know, it's it makes you like them more. I mentioned the general managers looking at the managers that you've played for. I believe it's six total. All six of them have a division title, what, a dozen pennants, seven world titles for the skippers that you've played for. What have you observed? Watch. Obviously they're all different, but mm-hmm. what have, as you, as you've grown in the game, do you find yourself more aware of the buttons they push more impressed with the ways that they can impact a team and uh, just their, their little movements, whether it's in the clubhouse or during the game. Uh, yeah. And the, the best ones I've seen are the ones that just kind of leave the clubhouse to us. Um, they let the players run it. Um, I think Bochi might've been in our clubhouse maybe three times all year last year. And it's just when he speaks, you listen, but other than that, he's not going to panic. He's not going to freak out. Um, I think those kind of managers, those good managers, those old school managers understand that it's a long season. It's a really hard game. We're trying our hardest, you know, there's no need to go in there and tell them, Hey, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that just, I don't think that works. Like let us figure it out. And when you figure it out and you have that breakthrough or you go through that bad slump, we, I mean, the whole month of September last year, it felt like we never won a game and we were just grinding everything out. And Bochy never really, I think Bochy came in one time and said, Hey, it's up to you guys. Like either get it done or we're gonna have to go home and you rally around each other and you figure out a way to get it done. Does that start in spring? I'm sure they, I, was, I mean, I signed late, so I'm sure Bochy had that meeting. Um, but Snicker had the meeting. Um, I wasn't in camp with Dusty. I got traded over there, but Snit would have that meeting like, hey, you know, this is this is going to be y'all. Y'all y'all have the talent. We all know it. Get your work in every day. Be a professional. Be a good teammate. And, you know, when the dust settles, we'll see if we're at the top. A couple more questions for you. Appreciate the time. Will Smith, <laughs> Royals reliever, joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, what about teammates along the way? Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not talking about talent. I'm talking about put me up on game, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is a guy that he he showed me the ropes, and I don't know if I'd be a a ten year big leaguer if not for these guys. Um, I think about that all the time, and I've had guys at every stop, and in Kansas City, it was you know Bruce Chin, Luke Hochaver, um, Jeff Francoeur, uh, Alex Gordon. Then I go to Milwaukee and I've got Kyle Loesch, Francisco Rodriguez, K-Rod, uh, Jonathan Broxton, um, just talking baseball. Uh, I, I, Milwaukee's one of my favorite places because Francisco K-Rod was to my left and Broxton was to my right. So like 
I was pinned in between these two dominant relievers and I would have to talk through my inning after every outing. Like, why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? And, you know, at the time it didn't make sense, but now it's like, I try to do that now. I try to get young guys, especially after a bad one, like, Hey man, what'd you think? What'd you, th- what do you got here? And I'll just tell them what I see and, and we'll go from there. I go to San Francisco with Buster Posey, Madison Bumgarner, Brandon Crawford, Brandon Bell, um, Evan Longoria, just, I've, I've had some really good veterans along the way that have just been amazing to me. And then Stephen Vogt and Darren O'Day are in my top three teammates I've ever had. Um, they were, they were just great. I've just, I've been so lucky with, with older guys. I had Ian Kennedy last year and even with 10 years in the big leagues, like if somebody has more time than you, you, it's almost like you just look up to them. They've been doing it longer than you have. And that's how Ian was. I think Ian had, 14 or 15 years and I got my 10 years last year. And it was, even though he's got four years on me, it was just nice to have an older guy to go talk to sometimes. Were you always open to advice or For sure? I was trying to do anything to stay anything. I never, I never once thought I, I knew everything or, or had this thing figured out that I think that's the worst attitude to have in this game. Do I have some knowledge now that I've been around for sure? Do I know everything? Hell no, definitely not. Um, So, yeah, it's just nice to have that guy that you might be experiencing something new for the first time. Like, hey, man, this is what I'm feeling. I'm stuck in my delivery, whatever it may be. And you go bounce it off the older guy in the pen or on the in the pitching staff. And he's like, yeah, I've been there before. This is this is what I did to help me try it out. It doesn't work. Move on. But we'll we'll get you out of this funk, man. Like I've been there. Want to ask just a a few names from coming up through the minor leagues with with some Royals legend. Uh, One of them you're going to be teammates with this year. Right, I believe you guys are both 20 back in Wilmington, you and Salvador Perez. Do you have Salvi, any memories yeah. or is, is it all a blur? No, I remember Salvi. The, the reason why I remember Salvi so much is I think it was my first big league camp with Kansas City. We were roommates in the team hotel, like American guy, Latin guy. We knew we played with each other a year before, so we kind of knew each other, but there is a language barrier. Salvi's English has gotten way better since then. You know, good for him. That's those Latin players don't get enough credit for learning a completely another language. Um, so one night he, we would watch a, a Latin soap opera, not a soap opera, but kind of TV show. And then my night we would watch family guy or some American show. We would just go back and forth all spring training. That's what we did. Or I'd go play golf and Salvi would stay. But yeah, that's the one thing I remember most about Salvi is me and him were roommates for a spring training. Um, but yeah, I came through with ha- uh, Hosmer, Mustakis, um, Dyson, Danny Duff. I was with Duffy last year. Like, there's still some, there's some good Royals still kicking around. Couldn't have been much room in that. You, you're a big dude. Salvi's a horse. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we filled out that hotel room pretty good, but uh, but we had a good time. That's I always remember Salvi for that. So the next year, it's it's you. I think you're Christian Cologne, Kelvin Herrera's mm-hmm. there at Double A, and I'm pretty sure you guys did some winning. Uh, does anything yeah. stand out about that time in Northwest Arkansas? Uh, me and Kelvin Herrera threw a no hitter. A we faced the minimum. I think I had a no hitter going through the seventh, or perfect game through the seventh. And I walked the first two guys, and then we turned a triple play in the seventh inning. And then Kelvin threw eight nine, and it was Matt Shoemaker who you know was with the Angels for a while. He was on the other side, and it was a one to nothing game. It was super fast and quick, but uh, that's what I remember about double A. And then well, I think we want to ring. Yeah, we want to ring. I got traded over in 10, went to high A with Salvi, 
end of that season, go to double A, win it with Moose and Hosmer, um, Lamb, John Lamb, Montgomery, all those guys, we win it. And then the next year I go back to double A. And that was when we threw the no-hitter, I think. Now, I'm not going to ask if, if you knew, oh, th- this core is going to turn into a championship core, but did it feel like we're winners, right? Yeah. So this is a group of, of of winners here. You could tell that they were moving together. A guy would get called up, and then two weeks later, here comes the next guy. And then two weeks later, here comes the other guy. You could tell they were trying to move them all together, and Kansas City was on the the, or the verge of – you know, being really good and really competitive up there. Um, and then it was just a matter of time. And then 15, right? 15 or 14, they went, lost, 15 went and won. So yeah, you could you could see it coming, especially with how good those guys were in the minor leagues. Like that was one of one of the best minor league teams I've been on. Like we just we knew we were gonna win. Alex Gordon's gonna be out there. Mm-hmm. When you get to the big leagues, he's already putting up numbers. You're just stepping into a big league clubhouse. I understand that it can be all a blur. But what do you remember about that 2012 team that you got a, a few bites of? It kind of was a blur. Like, I was just trying to survive. Every five days, I was trying to make it out of the first inning. Um, I was trying my hardest. I was so intimidated. Um, I, I, I never used the word scared. I was never scared. But it was just like, hey, man, like, this is the big leagues. It is really hard up here. And you're just you're trying to swim you're trying not to sink um gordo the one my favorite memory of alex gordon is off the field he took me to my first show dinner um we were in cleveland end of the year in 2012 um we're meeting up with the rest of the team at the end of the year it's like the team party you know our you know we're not making the playoffs whatever yeah yeah yeah. we get to cleveland and gordo hochaver and frenchy took me and jake odorizzi to our first uh show dinner before the team party and uh he was just always so nice to me. I mean, he was, I mean, he's Alex Gordon, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the kind of guy he is and whatnot. It was just nice for him to invite two, you know, brand new rookies out to dinner that night. And that was, I've always remembered that. And I don't know the age gap, but Frenchie had to be somewhat of a big deal. Uh, right. Yeah, Coming up was, in Georgia, he was, he was the guy. That was also true. Like, you know, I, when I was still in high school and stuff, Frenchie was with Atlanta um, and that, you know, me and my dad watched those games religiously. Um, just being baseball fans. So being in the same clubhouse as Jeffrey Poor, the kid from Parkview, it was it was really cool. Um, but you know, I, I definitely learned a lot. Uh, it was it was fun. We had a good time. Yeah, and you mentioned that that debut, and not 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 scared, of course. But man, it seemed like what you know, it, it's you, it's Duffy, and you guys were all going to come up, and you single handedly mm-hmm. were going to carry the team to the World Series. What advice would you give to that Will Smith ten years ago? Get the ball down. <laughs> I got hammered. It's actually, this is what, it's hanging in my basement, right? This is my debut that Kansas City did for us. Um, you know, I get the first guy I ever faced in the big leagues, Derek Jeter, give him the ground out and shortstop. Um, I'm like, you know what? I think I, I can do this. I can pitch at this level. Next guy, Homer. Next guy, walk. Next guy, Homer. And in, in the blink of an eye, all hell has broken loose. I'm like, maybe I can't do this. I don't know. Um, but you, you've got to, you've got to mess up to learn. Um, and I, I messed up that day. I messed up the rest of that year. It's just every time out, there was something new I was learning of, man, if I would have just made this one more pitch, I could have been in line for the win or not walk this guy. Like just the finer things that, that have to be done at the big league level to win, you know, everything, everything has to be done, right. You've got to, the the leadoff walks or the two out walks or the not hitting your cutoff man running the bases right 
all that stuff matters. And I just learned that ever. I think there might've been one outing where I went out and I was just in cruise control and it, it happened one time, probably the other nine or 10, however many starts I made were, I'm just trying to survive. And it was such a learning experience. Interesting. I wasn't expecting you to say that as you were uh, describing it. I thought you were going to go to the point of, I, you can't focus on the negatives because there's always going to be negative, but instead you, you say, no, you, you need to be on your P's and Q's. Things need to be mm-hmm. perfect. That uh, there's always, you've got to find the silver lining in a lot of things, I think. Um, so you take all the bad that happened and you learn from it and the, the, you know, all those cliche things like just find the one good thing that happened. What did you do? Right. The one thing today or the two things you did, what was right. And then you continue to do those things and you take the stuff that you learned, you know, I'd rather, you know, 10 years in now, and it's a three, two count. I would rather a guy not hit a homer, but hit a base hit rather than walk in, like give myself and our defense a chance. You can't defend against walks. That just hurts everybody. Puts the catcher in a bad place, leaves a wide open hole now for first base. Just a ton of little things happen from one walk. That guy might swing and miss. He might pop it up. He might ground it out. Yeah, he might get a hit, but he might not. You never know. Like, I will take my chances now. I hate walking people. It's Will Smith. Had a chance to talk with the Royals' lefty reliever earlier this week. Very happy he took the time to... Uh, sit down, get us ready for not only the season, but what we're out here uh, doing at Kauffman Stadium, and that is getting you ready for the 2024 season. It is Royals Rally, uh, live from the K. It's going on all day. Uh, go to royals.com for more information. Still ahead, we'll talk with General Manager J.J. Piccolo. Royals second baseman Michael Massey. I heard Adam Frazier say that one of the first people to reach out to him. Now, Adam Frazier, a, a guy that's going to be a, a utility piece for this Royals ball club, but still a former gold glove finalist at second base, a former all-star second baseman. Royals brought him in, what, uh, a couple of weeks ago, a week ago? One of the first people to reach out to Adam Frazier was Michael Massey. Uh, I'm not surprised by that because Mass is mature beyond his years but he's still a competitor. You bring in another, a former all-star second baseman, that's not going to make me happy, and I'm certainly not reaching out to him. Uh, So kudos to Michael Massey. I want to get his thoughts on that. MJ Melendez, though, first up. Uh, Royals left fielder, right fielder. Do we still call him a catcher? I'll ask him. As MJ Melendez joins us live from Kauffman Stadium after this. Back inside Kauffman Stadium, Royals Rally 2024. I'm Josh Vernier. Thank you for listening. Be with you until 12 noon. Still ahead, we'll hear from Royals General Manager J.J. Piccolo, the skipper, Matt Quatrero. Uh, Some of the new faces, including Hunter Renfro, scheduled to drop by, including, um, and then moving to the mound, of course, uh, Brady Singer. Always nice to talk with the former Florida Gator. Text line is open for you. Feel free to uh, pass along your questions for these players or any questions that you may have for me. Text line is 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. Speaking of MJ Melendez, question here about MJ being one of those four reliable bats in 2024. There's no question 
that the ability is there. Just look at what he did after the All-Star break. An OPS near 850 was one of, if not the uh, second, what, right, right, right behind Bobby Witt Jr., the second most dangerous bat for this team in the second half. So, so you know it's there. And then, of course, the ability to lead the team in walks in each of the past two seasons. You know it's there for MJ. Uh, excited to see what this offseason uh, did for him, not just physically, but also mentally. Because you go back to last year, remember what that all-star break, uh, the kind of reset that it was for the second-year full-time outfielder in 2023. Well, we'll talk with MJ Melendez coming up in just a matter of moments. Another one here from the text line, 913-586-7610 from the uh, 417 Vern, what do you think of the over-under for this team, which is set at 73 and a half? Um, well, I mean, who, who, who wants to bet the under? I'm going to bet the under and then root against my team all season? No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, of course, now, uh, to, to bet the over, you're saying that's an 18-game improvement for this team? That's a, uh, certainly a difficult proposition, but to go back to what we said at the beginning of the show, the thing that I, the aspect of this team that I have maybe the most confidence in going into the campaign is that rotation. And if you have a rotation that's going to allow you to uh, persevere through April and May, which we know of, uh, in, in years previous has been tumultuous for this team. In fact, uh, you got to believe that's one of the main focuses going into the season, going into this offseason for J.J. Piccolo. We'll discuss it with him. Uh, the importance of the month of April. The importance of getting off to a good start to make sure that you stick with them. To make sure that you believe we're going to get to the summer months. So, you know, what would I bet? I, I would bet the over just because it'd be a bet with my heart. So I wouldn't make that bet. I, I'm not a big fan of uh, season-long prop bets. Although, last year I did give you two that I would make. And I don't believe either one of them hit. I, at the end of spring training, I was convinced Vinny Pasquantino is going to hit 300 at the big league level. Now, the shoulder injury set him down, uh, but I'd run that back in 2024. Vinny finishing the campaign with a 300 batting average. The other season-long prop that I was really gung-ho about last year that fell short was the aforementioned MJ Melendez. I thought for sure he'd run into 25. Finished the season with 16. I want to get a good look at him in spring training, but I'd run that back as well. You saw, again, an 835 OPS in the second half of the season. A good eye at the plate. Excited for MJ Melendez. We'll sit down with the left fielder coming up in just a moment. Uh, back to the text line, 913-586-7610. From the 816, Verna, what are we going to do at second base with all four guys? Um, well, Michael Massey's on the team. Adam Frazier's on the team. Garrett Hampson's on the team. Michael Garcia's on the team. This is a question that we'll throw at Matt Quatrero. Um, but if you look at how the Tampa Bay Rays, how... Well, yeah, how, how baseball, how, how, how managers run their lineup out nowadays. It's, it's mixing and matching. And again, to go back to the importance of April, yes, I, I believe that Michael Massey's the starting second baseman when you got a right-hander on the hill. 
But if we, in spring training or the early part of April, you're not getting the offensive production from Michael Massey, okay, maybe he moves to the bench early on and Adam Frazier gets those early season plate appearances. That's why I like that move so much. It gives you some alternative plans, alternate plans going into the season because this isn't what it's been over the past three seasons where it's, hey, we got to figure out whether this guy's good or not. No, no. What they need to do this year is win. Win early and make sure you stay dialed in to 610 Sports Radio, to coming out to Kauffman Stadium, watching on television, wherever it might be. They need to make sure that April and May, it's at least a 500 record. That, that's, in my opinion, what you must do. So we'll get back to the text coming up in just a matter of moments. Text line's always there for you. 913-586-7610. And what do you know? He's in the building. MJ Melendez, kind enough to join us. You can throw that headset on. Live from Royals Rally 2024. Royals left fielder, right fielder. Do we, do we still say catcher? MJ Melendez joining us now on 610 Sports Radio. Why not throw it in there? You can do it. Yeah. Right? What, what's been the offseason? Uh, as far as the divvying it out, outfield so, catching work. So uh, definitely a lot more outfield work. But uh, going into the spring, uh, you know, kind of being prepared to do everything, was able to um, talk to some of the guys, Q and JJ, and uh, you know, just kind of being ready to do everything. Um, but I think it's it'll be mainly outfield for now. Take me through your off season. How, highlights? Uh, it doesn't. I'm not just talking baseball. Yeah. So uh, I did a lot of traveling, four different weddings. Um, I did, uh, we had Nick Prado's wedding and um, we had Vinny's wedding. So those were, those were very fun. And then I had uh, um, one of my best friends growing up since I was like five, six years old. And then uh, one of my high school uh, friends as well. So a lot of weddings, traveled, did a cruise. Um, Big thing that everybody's been been talking about for me, at least my teammates, has been like the salsa dancing. So I learned that the salsa season. That's been fun. Uh, so I've been able to do a lot of different things uh, outside of baseball and working out. So it's been it's been a very fun and uh, interesting off season for was, sure. Was salsa dancing on the to do list, or did it just no, 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 happen? no, not not at all. So um, two of the guys I work out with, um, both baseball players as well. Uh, started doing it about a month before me, and they were like, oh, you got to come. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like I'll think about it. And then, uh, you know, I ended up deciding to do it one day because I didn't have anything to do that night and, uh, you know, fell in love with it and had been doing it ever since. Good for the hips too, right? Yeah. Hey, Open I mean, those hips up, exactly, turn it on. And yeah, exactly. Help, help with the outfield footwork a little bit. So. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and the crews, tell me more about this. Who who, who we with? Where'd you go? What uh, what stood out? So a uh, big family cruise for, for New Year's Eve. Um, obviously my, my immediate family and then uh, some aunts, uncles, grandparents, uh, cousins. And that was... Uh, Seven-day cruise, and we did the Bahamas, uh, St. Martin, and St. Thomas. And are you fronting all that? Are you are you you're M, you're MJ Melendez going? All right, everybody, pile in. Uh, I, I got the squad. You're not there yet. No, not yet, not yet. Well, that's nice We're of the family there. <laughs> now, last year at this time, you're getting ready for the World Baseball Classic. I've heard you talk a lot about it. Um, what kind of relationships. I mean, is there is there a friendship that 
that, that has lasted through that, that you're in contact with uh, any of your teammates? I mean, for sure. I mean, all the guys there have been, you know, amazing, obviously. Um, seeing all of them throughout the season last year, you know, whenever we went to a new city, um, or rather their city, uh, you know, was able to stay in contact with those guys. And, um, you know, playing against them now was a little bit different, you know, instead of it just being a face that you see on TV. Uh, for me, growing up, we well, seeing them on TV. Now it's, all right, hey, this is a guy that I actually played with that I know personally and uh, have built a relationship with. I'm listening to you on uh, MLB Network Radio talk about the World Baseball Classic, and you, you know, I've never played in that environment. It was one of the coolest experiences of my life, and for as happy as I am for you, I, it, it pains me because this place can be as raucous as it was down there in Miami. I'm, I'm curious what your reaction was over those eight days when this team signed like everybody. Yeah, um, no, it was definitely it was definitely a crazy couple. What was it, like a week, week and a half where. Um, we were just piling in arms and, and right. some position players. And, uh, yeah, it's been really cool to see, you know, been able to meet some of those guys here uh, yesterday and um, have some conversations and just learn a little bit more about them. But we're definitely really excited. Uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, change and, and a positive thing and uh, I think moves in the right direction for us. You know, a lot of veteran guys that have been around the game a long time and, um, you know, just kind of pick their brains. And then also at the same time, you know, you've seen those, the success that they've had in the, in the major leagues. So um, excited for them to bring that over to, to our side of the baseball. And, uh, you know, instead of having to face those guys, yeah. a little bit more fun to have them with us. MJ Melendez joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. So yourself, Hunter Renfro, uh, Nelson Velasquez, and, and countless other corner outfielders showing up to spring training in about a week. Uh, does the competition uh, feel more competitive this season for you? Yeah, definitely, definitely, um, you know, going to have some good competition out there uh, during the spring. You know, that's something that uh, I feel like, you know, we as a young team, we may not have, you know, seen it that way the last last year. So um, going into this spring, I think it's going to be it's going to be a really good thing to have all those guys there and, you know, be pushing each other and, and you know, having healthy competition. Um, you know, I think that's something that, you know, we, we may not have done last year, like I said, and you know, going into this season, I think that'll be a thing that'll really help us. MJ Melendez on 610 Sports Radio, Royals Rally. We're on the air here until uh, 12 noon. Now, we, we talked a lot in the second half of the season about that reset that the All-Star break was for you. Um, I don't know if, if, if the game, if you re-found um, you know, the, the, the fun in the game, but, man, an OPS near 850 in the second half of the season. What's the key to... Whatever you unlocked in the second half, doing that for the full six months. Yeah, um, just a couple adjustments. I feel like, uh, you know, it's easy to look at the physical stuff but um, and, you know, kind of blame that. But I feel like I was able to kind of look at that and, um, you know, unlock some things and, and within myself and, uh, you know, learn a little bit more about the way my body was moving in that, in that second half and was able to apply those things and then obviously just helped free me a little bit more mentally. Uh, you know, knowing that I wasn't have to think about, you know, my mechanics and all that stuff. And obviously it still wasn't exactly perfect where I needed to be, needed to be or, or wanted to be. Um, but, you know, we're just this offseason was about making strides towards that. And um, yeah, and now we're, we're looking forward to a, a season you know, this year where I can go out and just feel comfortable and, and be myself from the start. And it, it seemed like you gave yourself a little bit more grace in the second half. It wasn't, hey, I went. Uh, you know, 0 for 4 last night. Now I'm 0 for 5 after a first inning ground out. You know, 
leave yesterday behind, focus on today. If, if, if an all-star break reset helped that much last year, I'm wondering what the offseason does for your mentality, for your confidence. Yeah, definitely. It, it definitely helps a lot. Um, you know, going into uh, the offseason, I knew what it was I needed to work on. Um, knew the things I wanted to accomplish and feel like I've been able to do those things. And, uh, you know, now it's going to spring, seeing that live pitching again uh, a little bit more on a, on a consistent basis and, uh, you know, just being full head steam and, you know, getting prepared for the season. What do you like about the team? I, I, we, we know the, the, the new names and, and you're going to learn them and we're all going to learn them together. But, I mean, the, the core is the core. The guys that many Royals fans have fallen in love with over the past two years, you guys are going to be the reason why – uh, the wins start showing up in 2024. Yeah, um, you know, last night we were, we had a group of guys that um, at the hotel we were just uh, eating and chatting a little bit and uh, just talking about the things from last season and, you know, what we could do to improve and um, what we felt like was going to be, you know, helpful this season. And, um, you know, what just kept coming up is just, you know, us having that experience. You know, you get into, into you know, the hardest league in, in baseball and, you know, you have those struggles and, you know, you're, you're trying to find yourself, trying to find, you know, how do I have that success that I had in the minor leagues? Cause it's, a, it's a completely different game. So um, we were, you know, just talking about that. And I think that experience, you know, every year, you know, you're, you're going to learn new things. And, you know, also, like I had mentioned before, all those new names, you know, they all have one thing in common and they have the experience. Um, that's something that, you know, us young guys have lacked. Uh, so, you know, regardless of, you know, how, you know, well or, you know, how the, all the struggles, you know, mm-hmm. you're still – it takes time to learn those things. And, uh, you know, you can help – you can learn a little bit quicker with the help of guys that uh, have that experience and just being able to ask questions and see how they go about their routines and, you know, and their ups and downs. A lot of veterans, as you mentioned, added this off season, and, and yet I'm – well, I'm hopeful that when – you know, I go in that clubhouse in spring training when I'm in that clubhouse here at Kauffman Stadium that it's clear it's, it's, it's you, it's Vinny, it's Bobby, it's, it's your clubhouse. You guys stepped in, and it's Nicky Lopez, it's Whit Merrifield, it's Hunter Dozier, it's Salvador Perez. Those guys were the vets. Do, do you feel more of an ownership of the, that, that Royals name that's across your chest right now? Yeah, I think every year you step in that locker room where it's a new year, you know, you kind of feel a little bit more comfortable, feel like, you know, it's a little bit more yours. Um, you know, I, I think there's a there's – a, very, you know, fine line between, you know, having that and then also, you know, making sure that, you know, you want to keep that and you want to really continue to earn that because I don't think that's something that's just, you know, given to you after, you know, time. I feel like you have to really uh, continue to earn it even when you feel like you have it. Just, you know, continue to show that, you know, there's a reason why you're you're still up here. And, um, and obviously for the guys to come to follow, whether it's, you know, guys getting called up, um, or, you know, guys coming into the team who have, you know, are coming from a different team, just, you know, showing them that, hey, this is the way we do things around here. And, uh, you know, we're going to work hard no matter what. And we're going to always put our uh, our best foot forward and, uh, you know, bring our A-plus attitude every day. Final couple couple questions. MJ Melendez joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. C- can you expand on that? H- how do we do things around here? What What is – Royals baseball, or at least what you hope it looks like in 24. Yeah, just doing things the right way, um, you know, playing the game hard, um, doing all the little things, and, 
you know, I always talk about it, but you see the teams that have success are the ones that are, you know, they're full of energy. Um, you know, you see the way they play the game. It's fun. And at the end of the day, it's a game. So you want to have fun doing it, uh, like I said, but doing it the right way. And um, I think some, that's something that we can, you know, we can bring. We got a lot of personalities on the team. And, you know, hopefully we can we can show those personalities by the way that we're playing. And, um, you know, obviously that comes along with winning as well. Yeah. Speaking of winning, um are you brave enough to pick the 49ers to win in a week? <laughs> I mean, we're rooting for the Chiefs over go. here, so uh it's it's going to be that's going to be a really a really good one. Uh I mean, obviously Super Bowl last year was was amazing and I was lucky enough to attend. This year I won't be attending, Ooh. but I'll be I'll be watching from the TV, so it's a I'm definitely going to be rooting on the Chiefs, and uh, you know they've been they've been hot so far. So hopefully we can continue that. Not going to the Super Bowl this year because it's in Vegas and the prices are crazy, or just been there, done that. Um, ah man, I mean last year was just so much easier. I I was actually literally staying. My apartment was right across right. from the field in Arizona, so I walked to it last year. <laughs> so that was that was uh, pretty good, but. Um, now I'll be in Arizona already. So I was like, eh, I don't really want to just travel over there to go for the weekend. It gets pretty hectic. And I can only imagine Vegas out of all places, how hectic it can be. So, um, I was like, yeah, I'll just chill out this year. Okay. Um, you or any of the teammates bringing in any pop stars as, as girlfriends this year, because (laughs) I'd like to prepare for it now. If we're going to have, uh, the eyes of the world descend on Kansas city once again. (laughs) <laughs> that would that would be something, wouldn't it? Um, no, as of now, not. But hey, you never know what could happen. I mean, I'm open to it. <laughs> Text lines there for you if you're listening. Nine one three five eight six seven six ten. MJ, appreciate the time. We'll see you out in spring, man. Awesome, thanks, Vern. There you go, MJ Melendez joining us here on six ten Sports Radio. We're live from Kauffman Stadium. It is Royals Rally 2024 on the air until twelve noon. Still ahead, the general manager JJ Piccolo, the skipper. Matt Quatrero is going to swing by the second baseman, Michael Massing, of course. Um, one of the real great competitors on this ball club, Brady Singer. Talk with the young right-hander coming up in just a matter of moments. Uh, 913-586-7610 is the text line. Again, if you have questions for any of these guys, go ahead and shoot them on in. 913-586-7610. As I mentioned earlier, you can go ahead and throw that headset on. Kind enough to join us right now, one of the newest Royals, Hunter Renfro. Rocking the Royals jersey, rocking the 1-6. Hunter, Josh Vernier, nice to meet you in in person, man. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Appreciate you swinging by. Um, This is an odd one to start with, uh, but you're a big dude, so I'm trying to find out if you played football coming up. Yeah. But it's impossible to search without – the, the football player, Hunter Renfro, coming yeah. up. So, so were you a football player coming yeah, up? Yeah, I was. I played, I played high school football uh, all the way through my high school career. And, and uh, I really enjoyed football. I had a chance to go play college football, but I was like, yeah, those guys are really big and really fast, and I'll just stick with baseball. So, uh, Mississippi State was interested in football uh, as well? I probably or? could have, like, walked on there. I didn't even think about it. Like, first time I walked on campus, we're playing Alabama. I look over there, I see <laughs> – you know, Ingram and those guys, I'm like, yeah, that ain't yeah. for me. I'll, yeah. I'll stick to non-contact sport over here, baseball. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, shoot, man. I mean, this is becoming a Mississippi State takeover yeah. here in Kansas City. What do you think? Adam Frazier, Stratton, you got you got some boys out there. Yeah, yeah. We, we're, I mean, we were probably pumped about it. You know, I think J.J. did a great job of uh, communicating with uh, actually our agent and, uh, you know, getting all this stuff here. And, 
and some really great talented players, you know, Stratton, Frazier, uh, you know, also some veteran leadership that, you know, been to World Series and been, been to playoff teams and have a lot of uh, games under our belt to bring to these super talented young guys here. So, uh, you know, we're super excited about this year. We're super excited about the chances of what we have in this division and moving towards the playoffs. Were you – was it clear to you – okay, you're, you're humble while you're in college, so you're hoping that you're a big leaguer. Was it clear that those other two, Frazier Strand, did you think, oh, these guys are going to be playing in the oh, show? Oh, no question. Yeah. No question. Um, you know, for Stratton, Stratton was one of the best pitchers uh, in college baseball at the time. It was him and, and Gosman. Okay. Um, and we actually got to – I was on the other end of it, obviously, but we actually got to watch, you know, him go against Gosman on a Friday night in LSU. And uh, I think the total number of strikeouts was like 37 or 32 that night because between the both of them. Both of them, I think, went full in, full nine innings. Uh, Gosman, I think, ended up punching like 15 out. And I think uh, Stratton ended up punching like 17. And uh, it was it was remarkable to see. Uh, it sucked to be on the other end of it, obviously, you know, uh, facing Gosman. But uh, we actually had every pitch Gosman was throwing and still couldn't hit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, obviously, Stratton uh, just dominated. And he kind of put himself on that little bit higher platform after that game. And, yep. And uh, I, I knew from then he was throwing, you know, 97, 95 miles an hour out of college. I was like, that dude's for sure a first-rounder. Yeah. You know, he's going to make it, no problem. And uh, he's not a starter anymore, obviously, but, you know, he's in the bullpen. He, he's a veteran leadership. He knows what he's doing. He goes out there every single day and every day, every year, and, and puts up great numbers. So uh, there's no question about it. Spoke with Will Smith earlier, told a story about his first big league game, got Derek Jeter to ground out, first batter that he faced, and he's like, oh, I'm here to stay. And then gave up a bomb, a walk, and another bomb, and said, all right, maybe I'm not. Uh, Do you remember the the moment where you you first thought, oh, I I might be able to stick around this game for a while? Yeah, I mean, I I got caught up in 2016 after a phenomenal season I had in AAA. Uh, We went to the AAA championship game, and and I ended up getting beat by the – the Yankees AAA team in the overall championship. We won the PCL championship, and I was MVP of the league. And and I uh, got caught up after the last game of the year and, and uh, actually showed up to the park. And uh, I, we were, we were, there was like four or five of us, I think, that got caught up that day. And, and uh, none of us were in the lineup. Um, we all got to come off the bench at some point during the game. But um, I actually got the pitch hit late in the game. I don't remember when it was, but – I uh, got the pitch hit and actually got intentionally walked my first at bat in the big leagues. And I was like, okay, maybe that, that, that's kind of great for me because I don't have to swing. I just step in the box, see the kind of atmosphere, see what's going on, and then just walk to first base. It was great for me. But uh, the next game I was able to um, go up there and actually started uh, against San Francisco, and it was Samarja, and got my first hit that game. And, and uh, you know, maybe in the next game or the next game we placed Madison Bumgarner, and I ended up in a double and a homer off him. I was like, okay, one of the best pitchers in baseball. I, I might be able to hold my own here. You know, yeah. I mean, it may be something I can do. And uh, ended up that year, I did great. I was like, okay, I think I can do this. You mm-hmm. know, for sure. As you're going down first base after being intentionally walked. I got to imagine the dugouts letting them know they're they're afraid of you. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, don't know have numbers I, yet. I know that you know it was a lefty. You know, it was kind of lefty right matchup, and I actually hit a home run off that guy in AAA. So I knew kind of the guy, and uh, so I don't know what it was. I mean, it ended up working out in their favor because the next guy got out and they got out of the inning and they we actually lost the game. It was against Arizona and um, but so it worked out in their favor. So they must have been pretty smart. No doubt, Hunter Renfro joining us here on Six Ten Sports Radio. We're live from Royals Rally 2024 at Kauffman Stadium. Uh, what attracted you? 
uh, you spoke about the organization and the moves that they made, but but Kansas City as a whole, what would you say? That's great. I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Southern guy. You know, I, I'm from Mississippi, uh, born and raised, and, and uh, you know, the Midwest always attracted me uh, no matter what. I spent some time in Milwaukee. I love my time there. Um, you know, just being out in more of a homey environment like, you know, Kansas City and, and out in the uh, Midwest, it's, it's just the people, the food, the – the camaraderie that they that this brings is just phenomenal. Uh, you know, it's a little bit slower lifestyle. Uh, incredible fan base here, uh, and obviously, I've played with guys. You know, Eric Hosmer, Lorenzo Cain, Mustakis, all those guys, and all they had to say was incredible things about this organization and the city and the people that that this city has. Mm-hmm. And um, and I that 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 sold it for me right there. You know, I was like, man, I want to play there. This would be an awesome place to play. And, I told Q and I told JJ uh, when I talked to him this offseason, we started kind of communicating. I was like, I said, man, this place is really high up on my list. I, this is where I wanted to be uh, first and foremost. And um, he's like, well, we, you know, basically we want you. So uh, so they came out there. We able to work out the deal. And, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Me and my family are here. So we're actually going to try to look for a house today and, and uh, see if we can't get this thing done. Seventh team in the past five years. What do you learn from that, whether it's – you know, personally, professionally, what do you what do you take away from well, that? Well, first of all, you learn how to pack, you know, that's for sure. Um, but, no, it, it you learn a lot from different guys, learn a, a lot of different faces. Um, I wouldn't trade it for the world because the people I've met, the, the players I've met, the coaches I've met, has just been a phenomenal experience in baseball. Uh, everybody's here to, to help and to, to, to make you a better player. And, and just the people that – every organization brings in is phenomenal. Uh, I have nothing but great things to say about every organization I've ever been with. And you know, uh, being with got people like the Red Sox, Alex Cor, incredibly talented, incredibly smart uh, manager, kind of taught me, you know, what to look for, how to be a big leaguer, you know, how to be a better teammate in the box and on the field and how to, to look for different things that could possibly help the team win uh, as far as, you know, possibly like looking for tips, looking for – uh, your your pitcher may be tipping, look for there, and and just different things. And I'm able to bring that, what I learned from different organizations to other organizations to help them be better. Um, and that's kind of what I feel like I can bring here is, first of all, just being a veteran presence here and helping the young guys get through struggles that I've been through and, and how I've overcome them. And, and then also just how to come here and obviously we rate guys like Will Smith that's been in the World Series however many times. Yeah. And – what he can bring and the, the leadership he brings is incredible. What's impressed me, uh, just from conversations from other people around baseball, they all talk about what a great clubhouse guy you are. When you've played for seven teams in five years, man, I would think that the business side of it might dampen some of the – I've always dreamed of being a big leaguer. Yeah. What's the key to maintaining that, that clubhouse presence to be that – great clubhouse guy when, when all you're being shown over the previous seasons is uh, you're here and then you're gone. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of person I am. I think, uh, like I said, I'm a Southern guy. I, I, I never really take anything too seriously. Um, I'm pretty down to earth fellow. So uh, as far as that. Because all, all, all yeah. managers, all organizations oh, are yeah. trying to get you to buy in. No question. And, and that's the thing. Different... It, it, you're a chess piece in the, in the, yeah. greater, in the greater piece of, of the game. And, you know, you're just you're, – you're moved around and where they need you. And, and you know, 
like I said, like I told you, I had nothing to great things to say about every organization I was ever in. And GMs is no different. Um, those guys, they're, they're trying to they're, – they're, they're jobs on the line too, just like ours is. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to make a better product on the field. They're trying to move pieces and better their, their team's self uh, for the future as well. So it may not be nothing against you. It's just it's that they think is the right move at the right time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they may not see like, hey, we may not be a winning team next year, so we need to move this piece and bring in some younger guys that can help us down the road. And I completely understand that. But yeah. like I told you earlier, I'm very thankful that I was able to be with all these different teams and meet all these great players and all these young players and, and have a relationship with them because, uh, I mean, not very often you get to play with guys like, you know, Mike Trout, Christian Yelich, Shohei Otani, you know, all these great players, Danner Bogarts, Rafael Devers, uh, J.D. Martinez. You know, if I was with one team, you right. would never get that chance. Right. And it's pretty phenomenal. And you look at the teams that are bringing you in. It's, it's teams that are on the cusp, teams that are ready yes. to win, teams that are looking for you to be one of those key cogs Absolutely. Uh, to help them win. And, and, man, you look at what you did in Boston, look at what you did in Milwaukee, winning mm-hmm. ball clubs, putting up big numbers. Uh, I'm curious, as you look towards last season, I mean, everything that was going on with the Angels and then, you know, the way that you moved to Cincinnati, I'm wondering if that um, tumultuous season that it was for the Angels, not you, but but for the Angels, you juxtapose that to when you're on a winning team. Uh, Fair to say, uh, when we're all tugging on the same end of the rope, when we all understand what the plan is, that that's when you get the best on sure. Renfro. No, I agree, I agree with that. Uh, you know, Angels last year obviously wasn't the year we wanted to have. By any means, we had one of the most talented teams in in history as far as, like, you look at the roster. Um, but, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, when guys get injured, I mean, it's tough. You know, you got guys you're bringing up from minor leagues. We had a guy we got drafted that year uh, playing first base. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, that's tough to, to do. And nothing against him, but he's just – he's literally – Two days out of college, um, you know, it's kind of tough for Nolan. But uh, as far as, like, you know, Shoei Tani, I mean, you got Tommy John. You know, that's he was supposed to be our guy on the mound and on the plate. Obviously, behind on the plate, he's a, one of the best hitters in all of baseball. And when he's pitching, he's one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Um, and obviously, Mike going down didn't help, and Tony didn't going down didn't help. Uh, it's just one of those things where it's kind of snowballed out of, you know, mm-hmm. out of out of way. But we were – Fighting the whole way, you know. The first part of the season was great, man. We were we were fighting, we were scrapping, we were playing against Houston, we were playing against Seattle, playing all these uh, Texas. I mean, incredibly talented teams. I mean, I think what Houston and Texas uh, and nah, Seattle didn't make it, but those two teams were American League right. championship. I mean, right. so like you got to look at it like, man, we faced some of the toughest teams in baseball mm-hmm. that year. So yeah. it was tough for us, but we, you know, like I said, I grew from it. I learned from my mistakes. I learned from. Uh, where I needed to grow as a person and grow as a as a teammate and grow as a player, uh, what I needed to work on this off season and, and bring into the next next year. So uh, you always look forward to the positives for sure. What was the most eye popping thing you saw either Shohei or Mike Trout do? And even as I'm asking that, I'm remembering that what what Shohei did in that double header, and and we all saw that. Yeah. I'm wondering spring training, batting cage, any, anything stand out? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I definitely saw Shohei uh, in spring. Um, it was like we were in the same hitting group and stuff, and and uh, me and Mike were standing there, and and I, th- I believe it was we had like the track man, you know, uh, out in front of the home plate, and and Shohei hit one, uh, literally like straight up in the air, and you, you know like Arizona, Arizona the ball flies, like it does, no question about it. But he literally hit a ball straight up in the air, 
it was like 120 miles an hour. It was, it literally was on the track like 120 miles an hour at like a 50 degree launch angle. And it went out by 30 feet. Mm -hmm. And anybody that knows baseball, anybody knows the mechanics of baseball, a 50 degree launch angle does not leave baseball park, no matter what. Uh, And that ball left by a good 30 feet. So uh, that was probably the most impressive thing I've ever seen. And like, because I look at Mike, I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, this is like the first few days I've I've ever known Shohei. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, and obviously Mike's just athletic ability is just ridiculous. Final thing for you: Are you brave enough to pick the 49ers on a Kansas City radio station for the game coming up on Sunday? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Yeah, uh, like I said, I got a lot of I like a lot of good players on on the 49ers. You know, obviously Christian McCaffrey and those guys, but uh, great football team. But man, you can't you can't root against that's right the Holmes and. And, yeah. Patrick, no, and even if you are, don't say it on the no, radio. I, no, I would never. <laughs> I, I'm can't see the other way, dog. There you go, man. Hunter Renfro, kind enough to join us here on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, we'll let you get back to the fans, man. They're all waiting to see you. Appreciate uh, your time. Thank you. Appreciate there you it. Go. Hunter Renfro joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. Quick timeout. We're back with Adam Frazier. We'll hear from Matt Quatrero and Brady Singer after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.